Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The Roy Green Show with special guest host Alex Pearson continues on the Chorus Radio Network. On a Sunday afternoon, Alex Pearson in for Roy Green, who will be back with you next Sunday afternoon. So great to have you here with us on this great afternoon. Let, let's talk about State of the Union. I, I've been reading a little bit about uh, what's been going on lately and, and what we're starting to see, you know, declining memberships, you know, something that is, is causing some to say, what, what is the relevancy of today's unions? Now, if you're a public sector union, you likely feel pretty good. Memberships are strong, 75% is what you sit at. The government's uh, troughs, I guess, are full and willing to pay. So it's it's good if you're in a public sector, but private sector unions, well, not a bit of a different story. According to a new study by the Fraser Institute, memberships have dropped to 14% from 21. So we're starting to see a bit of a shift occur in the two sides. It looks as though they're becoming polarized. Maybe it's the lousy job numbers in the manufacturing sector, which is a contribution but I think it's it's becoming more and more difficult for private unions to compete, especially when the public sector unions never have to feel the pain. And they seemingly only get more powerful, and some would say at the cost of the taxpayer. And so why do I bring this up? Because five of every Canadians fall into one of these categories, and now many are saying there's absolutely nothing fair about today's unions, which essentially were set up to make sure workers were treated fairly. Smokey Thomas, president of OpsU, joins me now. Where am I wrong, Smokey? Good to have hey, you how are, how are you? How are you doing? Good, good. Where am I wrong? Well, I mean, if you the question of uh, are unions still relevant, I would say actually that uh, unions are needed now more than ever. Um, it's a bit of a... A misnomer to say that public sector, all public sector workers, uh, you know, I always get here, you know, they got gold-plated pensions and job security for life. Well, that, that that's not exactly the case. Um, uh, the average member in ops who that has a pension, right, because not all my members have pensions, uh, they'll live on $22,000 a year. That's not exactly gold-plated. There are people that work for the government that do make, you know, the $100,000 plus uh, category. They do. Uh, they have much better pensions. But most of my, mem- the average wage of my membership is about 42000 a year. So we're not, you know, we have some workers that make in the 90 to 100 range, but they got university degrees, sometimes two degrees, um, sometimes three. Uh, so they're, they've certainly invested in, in their education to, to do the work that they're doing. But workers are i think um well, i'd say this not every workplace needs a union and oh, I, a lot of them I, can't afford it small businesses certainly can't afford it well even ones that could not everyone needs a union when we get a phone call and somebody says why do you want to join a union like we we always ask why did you want to join a union 
And they rarely ever say because the money's lousy. What they say is, oh, our boss is horrible, harasses us, you know, bullies us, treats us like dirt beneath their feet. So it's more about respect and being treated better is why most, most workers are organized. And, that, and that's almost always the case. Sometimes it's about money because they're uh, in a transfer payment agency that's $10 an hour behind another transfer payment agency, but the boss is on the sunshine list, that kind of stuff. But So we're relevant in that sense in the public sector to try to bring in a level playing field. But but mostly it's about being treated with fairness. And I always say a good boss has this going for them. They're fair, firm, and friendly. And a union brings that to the table. I hear people say today, the Fraser Institute, for example, has said repeatedly, you know, uh, workers are covered by, there's enough in labor law to make a worker feel secure. Well, maybe if you can afford a lawyer. So well, look, want... I, I've not been part of a union. I've been a part of a union, and I've not been part of a union, and I've always been treated very well. Yeah, but not always, not everybody is, Alex. Well, no, so... but that doesn't mean there's no, no hard knocks. I mean, you know, oh. but I've never needed a pricey lawyer. I'm just think, I, I think for a lot of people, especially in the private sector, they would say, you know, we've got really good labor laws in this country, and they may not be as relevant, you know, in a country like Canada. Well, but to enforce those labor laws here in Canada, right, you would have to go use the law, and that requires a lawyer. Not too many people understand the law. The lawyers, you know, two to three to four hundred dollars an hour, whereas the union dues might be five, six hundred a year. And you get representation a lot cheaper than you would with a lawyer. All I'm saying is that some people need a union. Sure. Okay, so let me ask you, what are the big challenges then facing the private sector unions that the public sector simply isn't going through? Uh, well, yes, and private sector or private sector unions took a huge hit in the downturn, and with the loss of manufacturing. But manufacturing job losses, Alex, uh, 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 account for about half the job losses in in the private sector. Um, technology, right? Artificial intelligence accounts for the other half. So there's two things to here really to look at is one is our, so they've lost jobs to you know to Mexico, to Bangladesh, to China, to Japan. Uh, south interior of the United States, although they're now losing jobs to other countries. So that has had a big effect and a big hit. But but also technology is eliminating, technology is eliminating jobs in the government. Jobs that used to be done by people are now done by computers. Well, I think so, that, that affects every uh, area. Everybody, yes. Yeah. But one of the relevancies even the private sector is I think they're on the rebound. Manufacturing is actually kind of coming back up a bit in Canada. And again, workers won't join unions unless they think they need one. So unions got to sell themselves to the workers. You you need to, when we go out, we, we, we say, here's what we can do for you, right, if you join our union. And most of the time they join, not always. Sometimes they say, well, you know what, uh, maybe that's not exactly for us. So... But I, I just say that unions are still relevant, um, and we need unions now more than ever. The rise, and everybody says, "Oh, you don't need a union." Well, then, if we didn't need a union, why is precarious work on the on the upswing? More and more jobs are are uh, uh, casual, called in, part time. Uh, the gender wage gap is growing instead of getting uh, shrinking, and 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 jurisdictions where unions are, you know, there's high union density. There's more equality. Women make more. And and so there's many things that unions fight for other than just, you know, a contract. And that, that's our bread and butter is organize, uh, you know, negotiate and enforce. 
But we also fight for things like pay equity. Uh, it's unions that got pay equity. It's unions that got maternity leave for women. It was the Canadian Union Postal Workers. went all the way to Supreme Court of Canada to win the right for a woman to have not have to quit her job. Sure. I can remember my mom quitting her job because she got pregnant. So, But I think, I think Smokey, that a lot of folks look at, let's say, the public service unions and say, you know what, they're, they're elite now. They, they're out of touch. You know, they get these huge pensions, you know, amazing yeah. benefits, job security. It's just not realistic today. And I'm not picking on you because you know I like you. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to that? Well, I would say that we're, we're suffering not to the same extent that private sector is, but uh, 30% of the, my membership, 30 to 35%, are part-time call-in. Mm-hmm. So we've seen a, a growing use of part-time workers in the public sector as well. And we, what we've seen is that there has been shrinkage in, in, uh, in my, like in the Ontario Public Service, for example, keeps shrinking. But we've been able to go and organize in other, other areas in the broader public sector transfer payment agency. So we're, we're being hit by, by the, you know, the number of part-time workers. The colleges are now 60% part-time, whereas they used to be like 10% part-time. And uh, they don't make uh, no job security. They've got to go contract after contract after contract. So we're fighting those same things that private sector unions are fighting. It just hasn't hit us in, in, in the large numbers that it has, uh, again, to them, right, and, of course, in terms of cuts. So we're, we're, we're facing the same sort of issues. Uh, we're lucky. Uh, we're extreme. If you've got a public sector job today and you're full-time, you are very lucky. And I think the vast majority of public sector workers realize that. And I realize that uh, we're lucky to, I'm lucky to be the president of a union that has a reasonably steady workforce, reasonably steady membership, but we're constantly seeing more and more jobs either not replaced or replaced with part-time, reduced hours, and, and but with the workers expected to do the same amount of work that a full-timer did. So we face the same issues, and that's why one of the reasons I think unions are still relevant today. Working people need a collective voice so that they can fight what I call bad bosses, globalization, corporatization, that they can take this kind of stuff on to you know sort of tackle that growing uh, income inequality that we've seen on the rise. And most you know almost everybody admits that income inequality is an issue, and the middle middle class is shrinking. So, and I always say to business leaders, uh, you know, well, who's going to buy a fridge or a stove or a car or take a vacation if you just keep chipping away at jobs and there's not enough good jobs? You can't live a full-time life on a part-time job. So we fight for full-time good jobs, right? We really do, and we, but we're smart enough to recognize that not every job is a full-time job, and not everybody wants a full-time job. Some people prefer part-time. Uh, that's all they want to work. So we try and strike that balance, Alex, and, and what we believe is uh, in at least an ops of our approach mm-hmm. to public policy and, uh, and you know, coming up trying to, you know, put forward some ideas that would be innovative and creative solutions to some thorny issues, that uh, budget issues and things like that. So... Uh, but our, I, I shudder to think of where my members would be, particularly in the broader public sector and the colleges, if they didn't have a union to fight for them. They'd be in terrible shape. No, they'd be just like me, fighting the good fight every day. Smokey, on that note, i got to let you go. All right. Thanks, Smokey. That is Smokey Tom, uh, Thomas, who I've dealt with a lot in the past. He's with the uh, Ontario uh, OPSU, one of the biggest unions in, in the province. I'm going to take this quick phone. Well, no, let me take a quick break, and then I'll get back to the phones and uh, pick up a... Some thoughts with Stephanie. I'm Alex Pearson. You're listening to The Roy Green here, a show here on the Chorus Radio Network.